Hold on, everybody. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome. Give me just a moment here. I am. Give me one second. All right, everybody. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome to Thursday's evening message. I'm Cynthia Green, and I am excited that you are here joining us this evening. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We thank God we are still here, um, which means what? God has a purpose that he still um, has for each and each one of us. Amen. Hallelujah. So I pray that all is well with everybody, with your household, uh, with family and friends. Uh, we declare that all is well. I'm doing great. Everything's going well with me and my family as well. And we give God uh, the praise and the glory for that. Amen. Yes, sir. So um, listen, you know, we're continuing to raise up, uh, send up prayers uh, for uh uh, Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. Um, you know, we have, there are believers of Christ all over this world in every country. So we're also praying for um, the family of God that's in Russia, the family of God that's in Ukraine, that God will uh, give them the strength to stand and to hold on and to, to, main, to remain faithful to Him uh, and, and trust Him um, that. Um, you know, all is well with them, amen. And and we send that type of prayer all over the world to our extended family of God that all is well with everyone in Jesus' name, hallelujah. All right, guys, so um, dear Lord, we ask tonight that you open up the hearts of the listeners and that you uh, open up their ears and we ask that you open up their spiritual eyes that they will be able to see and hear and think on what you have for them this evening. We ask, Father God, that you continue to think through me, that you use me this evening, that you speak through my vocal cords, Father God. Um, it's not about me at all. It's all about you and what it is that you're wanting to get across to your people and, and to mankind in whole. Hallelujah. We just praise you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And we ask that right now you take full control. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, family. So we've been talking about uh, the series, Tying It All Together. And what I'm hoping to accomplish with this series is to raise your level of thinking, um, your level of believing from uh, to raise it above the natural and more into the spiritual realm. Amen. Less reasoning about God, less reasoning about who he is, less reasoning about what he's doing. Um, because after all, we can't fully understand God with our mere human minds, amen? We're too finite for that. Um, what happens is, is through our faith, less reasoning and more faith, through our faith in him, through our dependency on him, 
God reveals himself to us. Amen. We want to accomplish less religion and more dependency on God. And the way we want to be able to do that is to, to, uh, to present what the Bible says about who God is so that we can, we can receive a new reverence for him, a new respect for who he is as our creator and our Lord. Amen. And when we raise that level of respect and reverence, and we understand how awesome our God is and what he is doing um, in all of this, oh my God, we raise our level of thinking to a spiritual realm rather than just trying to figure them out in the natural because God is a spirit. We can't understand him in the natural. We have to rise above the natural to fully get, not only get a grasp, but to allow him to reveal who he is to us on a spiritual level. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, my prayer is as we continue with the series that all of these things will unfold to you. Amen. So uh, in part one, we talked about God's plan and how he created everything. And that we talked about the purpose of, of why he created all of this. And he, his, he strategically thought out this plan before the beginning of time, before he created anything, this plan was already in place. Amen. That was to bring together a people, an angelic heavenly host and human mankind, a people together for himself that would love him and choose to love him, worship and praise him, to live with him throughout all of eternity. Amen. That's what we talked about in part one. And in part two, we talked about who God is. Uh, we looked at his nature. We looked at his character and we looked at his works. So I invite you to go back and listen to part one and two. If you're joining us tonight and you haven't um, done so already. Amen. So, of course, in this series, God is the star. Amen. Rightly so. So in order to tie everything together, guess what? We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the devil. We didn't talk about Lucifer, Satan. Those are uh, the names that he's known by. Amen. There is a spiritual warfare uh, that's going on that affects all of us. God reveals in the Bible how that war began. And he also reveals in the Bible how it will end. So we know the end of the story. Amen. He also reveals to us in the Bible how the war influenced, how this spiritual war influences all of us today and throughout history. So everything that's going on around us throughout history, all has is rooted in that spiritual war. For instance, the war that's currently on in Ukraine influenced by, the, by, uh, by that spiritual warfare that's going on. Wars all over the world, both domestic and international, all influenced as a result of that spiritual war that's going on. Uh, 
domestic uh, wars, meaning right here in, <clears throat> in America and of course all across the world, but we have racism, uh, we have hatred and violence and, you know, the have nots versus the haves and, you know, one culture versus another culture, um, the rich versus the poor, Democrats versus Republican. All of these battles are influenced by the spiritual battle that's going on right now. So let's talk about how that spiritual warfare began. Amen? Where did the devil come from? How could such a loving God create such a horrible being? Well, this question um, first has to be based on what I call a flawed reasoning. Assuming, first of all, that we're in a position to critique God or to judge God. Well, let me tell you, we are not in that position. I recently posted on our first book page uh, a verse, Jobs, uh, excuse me, Jobs, Job, the ninth chapter and the 32nd verse. And this is from the NLT. And it says, God is not a mortal like me. So I cannot argue with him or take him to trial. Yeah, we're not in a position to create, to critique God or judge his plan or the reason why he is the way he is or the reason why he does things his way. We are not in a position to question that. Why? Because God is supreme. He's our creator and a mere human such as ourselves who wish to critique or question God's way of doing things in a judgmental way, well, you're full of self-pride and foolishness and you're being influenced by the devil. Here's the thing. If you try to figure God out with your finite human mind without the Holy Spirit of God, you do not respect or reverence who God is. You are thinking of God as if he is a human like you and I. So you attempt to put him in a human box when you try to figure him out with your human mind. God is our creator and he's a spirit and all supreme, all knowing. He is not human. So back to the question. How could such a loving God create such a horrible being? Well, God did not create the devil as we know him now. Mm -mm. The same way he didn't create man as uh, we know him now outside of Christ. The same as he did not create Adam and Eve. This, he didn't create them the way they became when they were cursed. Amen. What a loving God did is he created angels and man and he gave us free will. He did not want to create robots. He didn't want to, because he loved us so much, he wanted us to freely choose 
to love him back. Amen. So when God created the world, we are told in the Bible that God examined it and he declared that it was good. Genesis first chapter, the 31st verse. So this means that even the angelic world did not have evil angels. It did not have demons. None of that existed at that time of creation. But by the time of Genesis chapter three, we find that Satan in the form of a serpent was tempting Eve to sin. So therefore, sometime between the events of Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter three, there must have been some form of rebellion in the angelic world with many angels turning against God and becoming evil. Well, this rebellion was led by Satan himself. Amen. You with me? All right. So let's look at who Satan was before his fall. The Bible gives us this information. His name was Lucifer, which means star of the morning. He held a high ranking position in the angelic host. He had exquisite beauty and he had great wisdom. He was given by God a position of great power and he was given influence. Amen. He was called the guardian cherub, which is like royalty among the angels, or he was the leader of all the angelic host. This is who Lucifer was. This is who he was created to be. Amen. So Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, they are the two major biblical passages that we're going to look at tonight. And they reveal the entrance of sin in the universe when Satan fell from heaven. Satan, when kicked out of heaven, he decided that he would invade earth, much like Russia has invaded Ukraine. Satan decided he would invade earth and turn God's most precious creation of all against God. Yeah. Who is his most precious creation? You and I. So Satan's plan after his fall, remember God's original plan or God's plan is to create a people, uh, was to create mankind for himself. Well, Satan's plan is to turn that most precious creation, mankind, against God. That's his plan. Amen. So thus the battle for planet Earth and mankind begins. So I want to pause here for reflection. We're going to, I, I want you to, to kind of picture this. God's plan before the beginning of time was to create a people for himself, create a family, a holy family of his own for all eternity, along with the heavenly host of angels. Satan's plan after the fall was to turn man against God, therefore attempting to leave God without his desired family. Are you with me? 
Thus, the beginning of the spiritual war. Spiritual? Yes. Because the, the persons fighting against one another, God and Satan, they are spiritual beings. You know, the scripture that says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against uh, uh, spiritual principalities in high places. Spiritual. This is the war they're talking about, that battle between God and Satan. And the battle is for yours and mine soul. God wants you on his team and Satan wants you on his. It's impossible to straddle the fence. Jesus states in Matthew, uh, the 12th chapter, the 31st, 30th verse, he says, you're either for me or against me. You're either in or out. You're either working with me or you're working against me. Uh, you're either cold or hot. There's no in between. When you don't accept Jesus, you can't be on God's team. You become God's enemy. You're either on God's team or you're on Satan's team. In this war, life and death is set before us. And you must choose whose team you are on. Amen? Now, Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, it begins with a pronouncement of judgment upon the prince of Tyre. Now, verses 1 through 10 uh, the prophet Ezekiel is giving Tyra, uh, and that's spelled T-Y-R-E, a message prophesying to what God has said directly to Tyra. But then in verses 11 and 9 through 19, God then continues and tells Ezekiel he's talking directly to Satan himself because Tyra's actions are being influenced by the devil. Amen? So here in this passage, God speaks directly to the influencer of Tyra, which is Satan. He says, you were, well, actually, let me, instead of summarizing it, let me, let me see here. Let's talk about, he, he tells him um, who he was basically when he was Lucifer. So I'm going to start at verse, this is uh, Ezekiel 28. And I'm going to start at verse 12. And he says, it says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection. And I'm reading this from the ESB version. You were the model of perfection. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. And Eden, uh, another word for Eden is paradise. And then he goes on to say, every precious stone adorned you. And then he, he describes, you know, ruby, topaz, emerald, and so forth. Your settings and mountings were made of gold. And on the day you were created, they were prepared. So he's saying, you know, your clothing, um, your outer beauty um, was created. All these things were created for you the day that you were born. You were anointed as a guardian of cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. He says, you were blameless in your ways, 
from the day you were created until wickedness was found in you. Hey, that was Lucifer. We're going to talk it shortly about what God is referring to when he says wickedness was found in you. Amen. Hallelujah. So in, even though um, created beautiful and good, Lucifer, the top angel of God, fell into sin and he took a third of the other angels with him. Um, and that's discussed in Revelations 12, 4 and 9. We're not going to turn there, but you can read that uh, in your own time. So now we're going to talk about um, what God uh, said to Lucifer um, as a response of, 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 of the wickedness that was found in him. So that's going to start at verse 16. He says, through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence. And I want to talk about that. There's another translation that says through your widespread uh, commerce. And what he's talking about is that Satan didn't just have these thoughts in his own mind. He began to campaign in the, in the heavenly realm to the other angels about his thoughts. He, 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 he began to try to, to, um, uh, to, to initiate a, a, a coup to take over. He, it was filled, the scripture says, with violence and you sin. And so Jesus, God says, so I drove you in disgrace from the Mount of God and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. And then he goes on to talk about uh, what sin um, Satan or Lucifer at the time, while he was still in heaven, had, had committed. He says, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. Now, what Paul's there corrupted your wisdom. So remember, Lucifer was given um, power, influence, and great wisdom. But the scripture says that because when he sinned against God, that that corrupted his wisdom. He no longer had the wisdom of God. His wisdom had been the wisdom, he had corrupted it because of sin. And we talked about that when we did a series on wisdom. Can you have wisdom, uh, uh, the wisdom of God? No, you cannot, not without God and the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. Outside of God, your, what you think you have is known as wisdom, it's corrupt. Just because the father, Satan, uh, who is the father of corrupt wisdom, it's corrupt wisdom, and which is considered foolishness to the Lord. Amen. So the scripture goes on to say, so I threw you to the earth and I made a spectacle of you. Um, so let's also look at Isaiah 14 chapter. It's the other major passage that teaches us about the fall of Satan. And verses uh, 13 and 14 record Satan's famous declaration of rebellion when he said, so this is what got him into trouble. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. 
and I will sit on the Mount of Assembly in the recesses of the North. So he said, I will raise my throne. Throne, he was, he was uh, contemplating a coup. He wanted to take over as the king of heaven and earth, amen? He says, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will make myself like the most high. Now, can you see how this would be a problem for God? So let's look at this from God's perspective. I've created this beautiful angelic being and I placed him over all others. And now he wants to become me. He wants to take over what I've created. Wow. Yeah, that's a problem. Amen. So the Lord's response for, to this declaration again was nevertheless, and this is from the Isaiah 14, nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, uh, which is uh, another word for uh, uh, the fiery pit, to the recesses of the pit. So here God prophesies Satan's eternal fate. God lets Satan know right then and there where he's going to end up. Satan has lost the war. Even at the very beginning, he's lost the war. Now we'll talk more, more about Sheol and, and hell uh, later in the series, amen? So Satan became God's opponent, became his enemy, became his adversary who set out originally to dethrone God or, 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 and still is, trying to dethrone God in the life of his human uh, creation and to obstruct God's plan. Now, here's a big question. Why didn't God just end Satan right then and there? You know, um, scripture tells us that hell was created for Satan and his angels. Satan and the, one, and the enemies of God. So why didn't he just end Satan right there and throw him into the pit of hell? Well, it's important to remember that Lucifer, picture this, he has challenged the very fairness of God's government. He began a rebellion of independence from God that he spread to other angels, the heavenly hosts trying to get them on his side. And a third of them, he was able to influence. He told lies about God. And the idea of telling a lie at that time had never entered the minds of the angels. So naturally they didn't grasp all that lay behind Lucifer's deceptions and his motives. If God had destroyed Satan immediately, the angels would have begun to serve him from fear rather than from love. And this would have defeated the very purpose that God had in creating beings with the power of choice in the first place. He wanted to choose them to us to them and us to choose to serve and love him from a loving place. Amen. Not because we were afraid of him. Amen. 
So not only did God want them to serve him from a place of love, but he also wanted to demonstrate the consequences of declaring independence from him. In other words, God was wanting to say, listen, I need to let everybody know, all creation know that what Satan has done has consequences. What Lucifer did has dire consequences. It's not a good thing. And at that time, let's face it, how did anyone really know that God's way was best? We were, they were newly created. No one had ever even dared try an alternative outside of Lucifer. So God gave Satan a chance to demonstrate Satan's alternative system. That's why he was given an opportunity to make his pitch to Adam and Eve. So after Satan's fall into sin, he now sets out to expand his influence by tempting the newly created Adam and Eve to join his rebellion against God who created them all. Now this, we know that he was very successful at doing, amen? Adam and Eve were tempted and they yielded to that temptation. And as a result of Satan's role of deceiving the woman into joining his revolt against God, the Lord cursed the serpent, uh, the woman, the earth, and we all know that they were thrown out of the garden of paradise, amen? And with that curse, God says, and this is in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity, meaning an active open hostility or hatred between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now, her seed, this is the first time in scripture where it points, well, I shouldn't say the first time because I believe that when, when God said, let us, plural, create man, um, he was referring to the Trinity, him, you know, his, his uh, character as savior and of course his Holy Spirit. Um, um, that's why sometimes when you hear me say, um, you know, uh, I'm so happy that you joined me or, or, um, you know, we'll be back, you know, in a couple of weeks, who's we, well, it's me and the Holy spirit and, and Jesus that resides on the inside of me, because I'm not coming to you on my own. Amen. I have the spirit and the character uh, of the Holy spirit that I rely and depend on. Amen. So that's so, but where he said, um, between um, there'll be enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Now notice it doesn't say seeds with an S on the end. Seed, that's referring to Jesus. And that's why it goes on to say, he, Jesus, will bruise your you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. And what he's referring to here basically, and he's, he's prophesying the cross and he's saying, you're gonna bruise his heel. Well, we all know that a head injury is a lot more fatal than a bruise on the heel. 
So again, referring to the fact that you've lost the battle. Amen. He's telling Satan, this great conflict between Satan and the seed of the woman begins. So this planet has become a testing ground where the character of Satan and the nature of his kingdom are contrasted with the character of God and the nature of his kingdom. So who is right? Who can we ultimately trust? This is the battle, the controversy between Christ, the woman's seed, and Satan. Well, who is right? Well, I don't know about you, but my faith and trust, I'm banking on God. After all, he created us all and he cannot fail. Amen. Again, depending on your level of respect and reverence to who God is will determine how you relate to him. There is no relationship with God if you do not reverence who he is, that he's not human, he's not like us as human, and you cannot reason about him with your mere human mind. You must respect who God is as a spirit and on a spiritual level. And guess what? You can't even do that, can't have a relationship with God um, without Jesus Christ. Why? Because when Satan invaded earth and when our foreparents yielded to that temptation and was cursed, it changed all of mankind's nature to be like the nature of Satan, the influencer. So everyone who is outside of Christ is influenced and it doesn't mean, well, let me just say this, has a nature of, has the nature of the devil. We're all born with that nature. We've talked about that many times here, right? The only way to be transformed from that nature into looking like Christ and being on God's team is to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, to accept what he did on the cross and receive that gift of grace. Uh, giving us an opportunity now to be right with God, to be in a right relationship with God, to be a part of his family. And when you do that, you're saying, Lord, I'm on your team. Amen. And thus it continues. Amen. All right. So I, I don't, this is kind of like the foundation of part three. So I call this part three A of of who is Satan and Lucifer. We're going to pick up from here uh, in a couple of weeks when we come back. Uh, we're going to continue with part 3B um, in a couple of weeks. Amen. I hope you guys got something from this. It gives you a better perspective on, on the spiritual warfare that's going on and how it was created and even how it's going to end. But we're going to get a little deeper into um, Satan's tactics of influence. You know, he's the great influencer. I want to say this too, you know, on social media, you know, they call, um, you know, you have people like the Kardashians and, and other people where they call them influencers. And 
and they have great power in influencing, right? Well, listen, the greatest influencer of all outside of God himself is Satan. You know, he's a spiritual being. So whenever um, you're thinking or or doing or, or making choices that are outside of God's standards, and we'll talk about that later in the series as well. Remember, this is tying it all together. Uh, but you're being influenced by that spirit of the enemy. He's a great influencer. Amen. All right, guys. So we're going to pick up from here um, at our next session. So listen, dear Lord, we thank you for this word tonight. And we ask that uh, it goes out and that it touches every person um, that hears it and that it removes scales from any blinded eyes so that they will see truth, Lord God, and that they will have a desire to become a part of your team. Hallelujah. Team God, Team Jesus. Hallelujah. And we pray and declare in Jesus' name that your word will not return void. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, so now I'm talking directly if you're listening tonight. And you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, meaning right now you're on Satan's team. Listen, I want to give you a heads up again. God wins the battle. It's won. God had a secret weapon that Satan didn't count on. And you know what that was? Love. L-O-V-E. God showed his love to all mankind by offering us Jesus. So if you want to join God's team, there's no other name under heaven whereby you can do so except through Jesus Christ. You must be born again. You must have the spirit living on the inside of you and you must accept grace. How do I accept that? By believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again for you and I. Amen. So if you're ready, I want you to repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, come into my life. I want to be on your team. I accept and believe in Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And I accept your gift of grace for me. And now I know and by faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. You are born again. You are saved. And guess what? You're on God's team. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, what you want to now do is grow spiritually. Grow your relationship with God. Get to know who he is. Get to know uh, what he expects of you and the call that he may have on your life. And in order to do that, the first thing I want recommend is you got to have a good relationship with the word of God. Scripture says, how can they hear without a preacher? Get in good, get, pray and ask God for a good Bible teaching church. Amen. He'll answer your prayers and he'll lead you to where you're supposed to be. Amen. Again, welcome to the family of God. If you said that prayer with me, send me an email to um, the good news from Cynthia 
at gmail.com and I'll send you some material that will help you get started in your Christian journey. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow, guys, I hope you guys got something out of this tonight. I want to thank you so much for listening and for hearing. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, for those of you that are new, Thursday Evening Message meets the second and fourth Thursday of every single month. And you don't want to miss next week. It's going to be so good. Hallelujah. Well, everybody, have a good evening and a good weekend. Uh, be good to one another. Love on one another. Yeah, keep each other lifted up in prayers. Continue to pray for me and this community. And of course, I constantly, I'm always praying for you all as well. Amen. All right, guys, I love you so much. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.